On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. At the end of the day, if no one knows about you, then how are they going to buy from you? My advice would be build out that marketing budget. We get too caught up as new business owners into, oh my God, this is my passion. This is how I feel about this thing or this service. And I'm going to make it the best. Just because it's the best, that doesn't mean that you're going to make money off of it or people are going to see the value and what you feel like is the value. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Okay, lady, I'm just saying we have a guest today who is about to drop so much free game. So what I want you to do right now is go follow her. On Instagram, you see her name in the title of the show. Go follow her. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star rating because we are the plug, okay? The free plug today. With a flair for business and financial literacy, Miss Business is no novice in the financial field. Her passion for business came at a young age as she grew up working in a family business. Before embarking on her journey to follow her passion, she worked as a real estate sales agent in NYC, for two years while simultaneously obtaining a degree in biology pre-med. So she's smart, smart, okay? Directly following college, she entered into the accounting field and soon received her certificate to practice as a CPA. Many businesses are failing because they don't understand business formation, business development, budgets, business operations, or how to properly maintain their books. Having the intel Miss Business is able to guide you on how to properly protect your assets, thus making you informed on all tax laws available to you as a business owner. She understands business, okay? She gets it. And you about to get it too, boo. So welcome to the conversation. Miss Business, welcome to Cultivating Her Space. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. We are so excited too, girl. So I'm about to get my notepad out and let's jump yeah. on in. <laughs> okay, get, get, get it together. You know, it is, this is like my favorite time of year. So like this Q4 period, I love Q4. Championships okay. are one in Q4. So I love All right. it. All right. <laughs> well, well, Miss Business, our quote of the day is going to sound really familiar to you. Because these are your words. And I mean, you drop lots of gems, but I think this one really speaks to part of the conversation that we're going to have today. Everyone wants to tell you that you should make six figures, but no one breaks down how they actually did it. It's so real, especially in this space that we're in, I feel like. So for me, I'm all about like, I'm no fluff. So that's why I'm like, I love Q4 because Q4 is that time where if you didn't get it right, you still have time to get it right. You can, you know, kind of buckle down and just do what it is that you need to do to achieve whatever goal that is. And so for me personally, I find that people are like hyped up off of motivation but not really provided the tools that they really need to execute and achieve their goal or achieve those six figures or even seven figures. I find so many people are so consumed 
with making seven figures and they haven't even gotten to six figures. They haven't even gotten to five figures. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it really is a situation where I just feel like people have to be more consumed with how they can execute on things to get them to their vision versus it being a situation where people are like, oh my God, like I'm going to make seven figures. I'm like, how? How are you going to do that? I'm going to make six figures. How? Anyone can do anything, but how are you going to do it? Who are you looking to? Who are you consulting with? Who are you getting educated by? Who are you taking advice from? Who are you surrounding yourself with that's going to help you get there? And I think for me, I'm so passionate because, you know, just for me, just starting my company or just getting out here on, you know, in these social media streets, for me, it was all about, listen, as you guys mentioned, I've been working since I was six. My dad has restaurants. I'm from New York. So my dad has restaurants my entire life. So I grew up in that entrepreneur space. So for me, entrepreneurship is not foreign. It's like second nature. When it was, when I was leaving corporate, it wasn't like a no brainer. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so scared of entrepreneurship. It's like, it was an option for me. And I didn't realize how blessed I was until, you know, now I have so many, you know, entrepreneur clients and just hearing like the mental shift that you first have to go through to become an entrepreneur. I didn't necessarily have to go through that because I was already exposed to it. But just being in that space, I really understood what it took to make it. So when I was starting my company, my main goal for starting my company is because I worked at one of the top accounting firms in the world. But then I also had this experience of a small business. And I understood that from a tax perspective, from a business formation perspective, from a tax planning perspective, small businesses was, were not getting that communication. So in 2017, I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about taxes. No one wants to talk about taxes, but I found a way to make it, you know, to get people interested in it. But it's a tough topic because nobody wants to talk about it, but it's it's a very relevant thing. Well, do you know this is a grown woman podcast, okay? And chances are, if you're an avid listener, you know we get a little blatchet over here. We get bougie, classy, and we get ratchet. So today's sponsor should not come as a surprise. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little bit of vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Y'all, I didn't test this out myself and let me tell you, it's A1, okay? It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal. There's no flavor or scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And Uber Lube even works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, hot tubs, bathtub, all that good stuff, okay? Right now, Uber Lube is offering Cultivating Her Space listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code herspace at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use code herspace at u-b-e-r-l-u-b-e.com. Let me just say, Ms. Business, I saw you speak at Ashley Ann's conference, right? We were both at Accelerate 180. Yeah. And you killed it on the big stage. Like that, I could not take- Thank you. You're so welcome. I could not take- enough screenshots or enough notes. And y'all just want to let you know, like we're going to dive into the conversation, but she bad. So you better have your notepad ready. Okay. She's about to get help you get your whole life. I was blown away. Thank how, you. You're welcome. How approachable you made the topic. And I was, I was texting down like, girl, we got, we got to get her on the show. Like we got to, we have to connect, <laughs> maybe even hire her if she does, you know, work for people in California Absolutely. because you, you are the truth. So what we want to know is what's the best way for someone to build their client base? to help make that six figures? So the best way I feel like a business owner can build their client base is by focusing on marketing. 
So we are in social media times, social media ages. So I'm not going to sit here and try to figure out a marketing strategy for a newspaper, a magazine, or just a billboard that someone can ride by, right? Because you are able right now to maximize and get in front of so many people for so little. It's amazing. I don't know how much longer we're going to be in this space, right? Because if you think about it, how much exposure we're able to gain is like unheard of. Like before people wanted business, they had to list their business in the yellow pages, the white, I don't know, yellow pages, white pages. They had to put out ads, billboards, you know, think about referrals, which, you know, that costs. So I think if I had to give anyone advice in terms of how to increase their customer base, it would be focusing on marketing. I think that not enough business owners, again, I'm the accountant, right? So I see everything. And my practice and what I see is that people will spend their last dollar on packaging, but they will have no money for marketing. And I think that is like the craziest thing ever because if you are going to spend all this time, energy, you know, putting all of these things together, you have this pretty packaging, you have this really dope product, but guess what? A dope product that no one knows about just means nothing. You could have a subpar product that everyone knows about and it will go much further. And that's where, you know, it's the same thing and the same ideology when they say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work. It's the same thing, right? Because at the end of the day, if no one knows about you, then how are they going to buy from you? My advice would be build out that marketing budget. We get too caught up as new business owners into, oh my God, this is my passion. This is how I feel about this thing or this service. And I'm going to make it the best. Just because it's the best, that doesn't mean that you're going to make money off of it or people are going to see the value and what you feel like is the value. You know, so I just think that more people have to spend more money and time and thinking about marketing and how they are going to get that exposure. And then when they do get those customers, in order for you to get to those six figures, you have to figure out how to serve. I say that I served my way to the top. I serve, serve, serve. Even I just shared with you ladies right before this interview, it's deadline day. I was literally in my office. Let me make sure get in, you know, I'm on the ground with my team, making sure that we are, you know, getting, getting it done. My team could have gotten it done. They've been doing deadlines by themselves, but I said, you know what, let me get in there. And I'm consistently thinking about how I can better serve the customers and clients that I have because we also get so caught up in I need to get new clients that you're not, I guess, I don't want to say, look, you're not taking advantage of how much more money you can get out of a client if you just found a better way to serve them, found an additional way to serve them. And so I say my last advice would be most people are looking for seven figures, I mean, seven streams of income. Before you get to seven streams of income, you need to first figure out in your first stream of income, how you can create seven streams of income within that business. And then you go on to create another stream because what's happening is we're jumping from business to business. So let's just say hypothetically, if I started my business and I said, you know what? I'm just going to do taxes. That's it. Right now for me, like I said, Q4, I love Q4 so much, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I love Q4 so much because it's tax planning season for me. And so that's very critical for business owners. And so this is like the, the time frame that matters. So for me, when I'm sitting here and if I would have said, you know what, I'm just going to do taxes. I also do business formation. I do tax planning. I do bookkeeping. And guess what? I hate bookkeeping, but I had to bring bookkeeping within my firm because there was a disconnect when I was outsourcing it. And I would not have been able to effectively serve my clients from a tax planning perspective if their bookkeeping wasn't in place. 
And so now I'm just consistently thinking about different ways to serve my clients. Tax planning typically is like a service that is really good for clients that are profiting anywhere over like $50,000. But for me, in my head, I know who I'm serving. So I said, okay, well, what about the people that make less than 50000 I just developed something called an, a, an entity audit where we kind of go in and we analyze, listen, is your entity right? Okay, this is how much you're paying. If you, if, you, know, you were another type of entity, this is what you would you know, be paying. And we give you an analysis and we let you know if you take this money and invest it, you know, what that looks like. And so I'm just sharing all of that to say that you have to think about different ways to service this one customer and client before you want to continue to just get more customers or jump into another stream of income. Oh, all right. You are already dropping knowledge. Okay. Let's go back just a little bit. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned you have a firm, you have a team of people. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I feel like it's safe to say that you didn't out the gate say, all right, I'm starting this business and I got and I got a team right away. Right. No. Can you tell us how you made your first one hundred thousand? And how long it took and the process it took for you to build up to having a team that you the team that you have today? So I started my firm like registering it. I was actually still in corporate 2017. I decided to start taking on clients in 2018, the beginning of 2018 by February 9th, I believe was my last day in corporate. And I started my firm in 2018 I continuously showed up for myself. Okay. So I'm going to say that, but I don't want that to go over anyone's head because that is literally like the epitome of why I am where I am. Because I continuously during that time showed up for myself, showed up for my clients. I continued to serve. I was on social media. I was educating. I was speaking at, you know, speaking engagements. I literally was doing everything that I could. So that way, People could understand my message. Now that I look back, I'm like, girl, you probably quit too early. You know, you probably quit too soon, you know, because it's like maybe I should have had, you know, a better plan, but I didn't, you know, but it worked out. Thank God. (laughs) But, you know, for me, it's a situation where once I, you know, got to that point, By 2019, I had done so much. And now my connections, by 2019, I had made my first 100,000. And it wasn't easy, right? Because I remember being like, and, and my friend and I, we always laugh at this because I would say, oh my God, I made, so you go through steps, right? You go through steps. You may say, oh my God, I made $1,000 today. Then you go to say, oh my God, like, well, first you'll be like, oh my God, I made $1,000 this week. Then it may go, so I made $1,000 today. Then it went to, oh my God, I made $5,000 this week. Okay, I made $5,000 today. Then I made $10,000, you know? And then it got to a point where I was, you know, at a, at a place where I was having $10,000 months. And so it just became a thing when I was like, wow. And I'm not going to lie, I do feel like, and I, oh, this is always a dilemma for me because I feel like when it's meant for you, and I always say, when it's, uh, you know, when it's meant for you, it's meant for you. But when it's really meant for you, you, you feel it because things start happening, connections start forming that you're like, wow, this doesn't make sense. So during my entire time, that road to 100K, I want to say it took me about a year and a half. If, yeah, it probably took me about, about a year maybe about a year and a half to make my first hundred K. But considering that was two tax seasons, I literally showed up everywhere. I was at every networking event. I was on social media. I was, you know, hosting webinars. I was literally getting my name out there. I did not care. Did not need to get paid. I was just out here. And I feel like that's another issue where people are blocking their blessings because they are saying, oh my God, I need to get paid. $300, but you're blocking your blessings because you don't know, you know, like maybe you may do something for free, but 
again, you have to evaluate what that means to you, you know, what you can get out of it. I'm not saying that you have to do everything free, but in the beginning, I do feel like when you're trying to get your name out there and you're trying to do certain things that you doing things for free is not necessarily you doing them for free because you should be benefiting off of it. You should have a strategy when you walk in a room. For me, I was just like, I want people to understand that I am a tax expert. I'm smart. If you want to know anything about taxes, it's me. You want to know anything about business is me. And so I just continue to just speak at, you know, speak places and again, serve my clients. And so at that time, getting to a hundred K and I'll just talk about, I, and I'm going to be very honest. I can't remember exactly when, but I do know in 2018, during that time, I was just by myself. 2019, I had two part-time tax preparers working with me. And did I have an admin at that time? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I had an admin. I believe I brought in an admin. And yeah, I was still educating, doing webinars, having calls. Like if I showed you on my calendar, you would be like, it's no way. Like I would talk to like my calendar would be so full from like the morning to the night. And I would just talk to people all day, like just have consultations with them all day, all day long. And that was how I started bringing people in. But to be honest with you, people will always say, how do you know when you need to hire someone? You'll feel it. You will feel it because things are going to start slipping through the cracks. Things are going to start being overlooked. Your process and your service and your customer service is not going to be exactly where you want it to be. And if you're a smart boss and if you really want your company to last, you're going to bring people in. It's difficult because when you in, in that beginning phase is hard because what you're pretty much battling with. And I say this all the time. And this is the curse of small business owners. In order to succeed, you need money. But guess what? Sometimes you don't have the money and then it's like a cycle. It's like you need money in order to succeed. In order to succeed, you need money. And it's like you end up in this cycle and it becomes a thing of, uh, can I really afford to bring someone in? But guess what? If you don't bring someone in, you're not going to succeed. And if you don't succeed, you're not going to have money for your company to grow. And so then we wound up in this very vicious cycle. But what I learned is that in business, the money comes, the money comes. It just, you know, you may close on a client, you may get an opportunity, but the goal, especially when you are a small business is to continue to grow. I do feel like that is a downfall because people like to get into things where they're very complacent. Like whenever I hear people say, oh my God, I'm ready to quit my job and start a business because I don't want to work this. So, oh, I only want to do this. I'm like, Thing on last. You're not gonna last. Because in order to build something like a business, it's like a baby. It's a baby. It's not gonna walk without you. It's not gonna talk without you. It's not gonna do anything without you. Everything that you want this thing to do is going to require you to show up for it. And nobody's gonna tell you when to clock in, no one's gonna tell you when to clock out. You know, it's like you have to show up and you have to get it done every single day. So I just think that when you do need to hire people, you'll feel it, as I mentioned. And so now I do have 15 employees and it's tough. Thank you. It's tough. It's really tough because having employees is harder than dealing with my clients and doing taxes, to be very honest with you. I could run my business all day. I could run circles in my business all day, but I'm going to talk about something when it comes to employees that a lot of people don't talk about. And having employees is hard. One, because their problems become your problems. Their stress becomes your stress. And what I mean by that, and you know, uh, some entrepreneur out there is going to say, no, it's not. No, yes, it is. And the reason why is because if they had a bad day, that could affect how they talk to your customers. That could affect their performance. That can affect, you know, different things. And I am a boss that I try to, I, I care about my employees a lot because I feel like before my clients is my employees and most people look at it differently, right? So what I mean by that is 
I have to take care of who's taking care of me. My employees essentially take care of me because without them, I would not be able to grow my firm. Without them, my my customers would not get service. And so I try to always keep their best interests at the forefront. So for me, you want to go somewhere? Go. You want to go on vacation? You're not happy today? You want to go home? What is it? You know, somebody has a graduation or something? Okay, it's fine, right? As long as it's not affecting day to day, it's not busy. I try to be fair. Like in the summers, I give my employees every other Friday off because guess what? During tax season, that January through April, they, they are there six days a week. And so I try to balance it out. So that way, listen, I don't want anyone to feel miserable when they're working for me. But, 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 but what I am learning, you know how they'll say like, oh, corporations, like they don't care about their employees. And what I've realized is it's not, and I would never be, I will never be like that. But what I'm learning is that people, people are something else. You know, people are something else. Like you would really, you know, do the best that you can for them. But just how people will always say, oh, well, a boss could fire you at any time. Okay, you as an employee could quit at any time. And that puts me in a bad position, you know? So it really becomes a situation where you're like, oh, man, well, maybe I can't get as close with my employees as I wanted to, you know? Because as you start to grow, right, there's turnover, There's, you know, there's different things. And again, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. And that's what you also have to understand as a boss as well. These people, this is not their business. They do not have to be as dedicated. If you get someone that is dedicated, that is a blessing, but it's not a requirement, right? Because no one has to be dedicated to your business, but you, and especially as a small business owner, you're looking for someone to love your business as much as you love your business. And that's very unrealistic, you know? So I think that when you have employees, it's tough as a boss because you're consistently in a space, right, where it's like you have these people and they could be going through something, right? As I mentioned, it could be something that has nothing to do with you. They could, it could just, your, your business could just be a growth business. Like you could just be a part of the stop for everybody. You are not the destination. You are the stop. If that's the case, then you, you build for it. You plan for it and it is what it is. But now when you have employees and your job as a boss is to do a few things. One is to make sure that they're executing on what you need them to execute on. You also need to make sure that they are positioned to excel. You also have to make sure that they are growing in this role that you put them in. Because realistically, no one wants to sit in the same role and do the same thing forever. So now that's another issue where we have in terms of hiring and small business owners is in terms of exposure and growth, right? Because we don't have a ton of levels and hierarchies and all of that. So now those things become an issue because now this person, even they may be the best person in the world, but guess what? They have to go and they have to go possibly because they may want something else. Or it's your job to make sure that inside of your firm, your or your, you know, your company, that you're able to give this person, you know, what they need. And so it's tough because you could spend so much resources, you could spend so much putting all of these things into an employee and they can quit. And then A small business doesn't have the infrastructure that a corporation does. So if that person quits, then it could affect your business. I seen a post today. I didn't get an opportunity to read it because I was really busy. But the post said that corporations are going to start charging employees to quit. And so I did not read it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get an opportunity to read it. I will find the article and read it. But mm-hmm. I could imagine it, it it did base it around training fees. So I'm assuming that it's a situation that if you don't stay there for a certain period of time, then you owe, you know, you may owe them some money. And I get it because now we're in a whole different space. So now corporations have to do something to, pr- to protect themselves because now you're putting out money and resources. Do you know how expensive it is to hire an employee? 
Ooh, onboarding. It's expensive. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, from if you're using like a recruiter or if you're using a temp agency or if you're just spending time paying someone to interview them or, you know, just getting them onboarded, paying for all of the, you know, additional software. So they'll have access to the emails. It's so much that goes into having an employee. And if they decide, you know, hey, OK, I'm going to be here for six months, then I'm going to leave. I'm assuming that that's what that article is about. I get it as, as an employee. I I mean, an employer, I get it. So yeah, I know I gave you guys a lot. Did I answer all the questions? You did. I don't even know if we have any questions left in the interview. You did. That was amazing. You just went in. Y'all go follow her right now. Okay. Go follow her. Now real quick, Ms. Business, we are going to shift up the energy. We're going to get back into these juicy questions, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit for you. I don't know if you've ever experienced this on interviews. I know you get interviewed a lot, but we're going to dive on in. And because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be classy, bougie, and ratchet, we believe that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. So Mm -hmm. we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? I take on the challenge, I guess. <laughs> yes. We got her, we got her. We got her, Dom. All right. Okay. So now that what, you what, agree, what's going business, on? She's like, what's going to happen? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask you three questions. Okay. We're going to share three sentence completions. And then we have three photos pulled up of you because we've been checking you out on social oh, media. Oh, <laughs> And what what's we want you to do. my story on my page. That was from my page. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to surprise you. My story is where real life happens. This is some good content we got here. Let me tell you that. And what we want you to do is we want you to choose a number out of one and three. And then we'll show you that one particular photo. And then we want you to provide us more context behind the photo that we wouldn't even know by just looking at it. So we're going to jump to the questions first. And we'll start off pretty easy. The first question is, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Nobody cares, work harder. Mm. My father is very like, (laughs) straight to the point. And I think that that was the best advice because a lot of times we get into a space where instead of seeking solutions, we're seeking sympathy. And people get into this phase and space where they just want to complain about things versus seeking solutions. So I'm very solution based. I am not the person that's going to live in my dreams. I'm not a, I'm a dreamer in a sense of like, oh my God, these are my dreams. But some people like to only talk about the what ifs. No, I want to talk about what's happening right now. What do I need to do? What do I need to execute? What do you need from me? And so I think that definitely changes things for me. All right. Well, that was very, very sage advice there. <laughs> but this is not, we going to the ratchet, possibly. All right, possibly. Go to the ratchet. And then answer. Miss <laughs> Business, I mm-hmm. have four words for you. Okay. Twerk or two step? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really a twerker, but I like when people twerk, but I'm not a twerker. I, I do. I, I mean, I, I, I like it. it. I like it. Nothing against it. Love it. But I'm just not a twerker. I can't really dance like that. Oh, there is I nothing try. wrong with that. Dom and I, I talked about like our, I don't know, Dom, if you said this, but I will t- take ownership, but questionable rhythm. You know, I feel like sometimes my rhythm is on and sometimes it's not. So you're, you're in good company. It's all good, girl. We got you. It's all yeah, good. Like some days I could dance and other days I'm like, no. Something's off here, right? It's like something's going, let me just watch everybody else because something's off today. I feel you, girl. And I love people that can dance and they're entertaining because I was like, you know, that gets yes. that energy. I don't necessarily need to be the life of the party, but I like to be with the life of the party. Yes. I love to watch. Yes. It's so fun. It's like, get that dance. Go ahead. So our next question for you. Okay. What's the sexiest item you own? I would say shoes. I'm a shoe girl. Like, I'm a shoe girl, like, to the core. So I would feel like the sexiest item I own are, like, my shoes. I have, like, a huge, huge collection of shoes. And I would say my Tom Ford shoes. I have these, and I never wore them. I have to figure, I have to wear them. But I have 
they're like Tom Ford's, but they have like a bunch of like gold. I mean, a bunch of like embellishments on them. So nice, super exclusive, but they're so sexy. They like tie up your leg and it's cute. So I would say, I would say my shoes. Yes. I love okay, it. shoes. All right. This so is so now. interesting. I'm waiting for these photos. <laughs> <laughs> We still have a little bit to go before we get to the photos. We have our sentence completions. Okay. And the first sentence completion is, one question or topic I wish people ask me about more often is, how I really get to the money. Nobody asked me that. Nobody asked me. You guys asked, you know, like, okay, how did you make your, you know, your six figures? But I don't think people ask me like how I get to the money and how I keep, you know, like I don't feel like enough of that conversation happened. Since you said we already asked, I won't dive into it because we we were going to dive into it. But what we'll dive into next is the next sentence completion, which is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done to get a crush's attention is. I am really like chill. Like I'm very chill. So I don't know like, I feel like I would, would just wait for my crush. I don't know if I've ever, like, I don't know. I got to pass on this one because I don't think that I've ever really done anything because I'm more of whatever. Like, maybe it's if he wanted to talk to me, then he would talk to me. Or I don't know if I've ever done anything, like, crazy. Outside of being like, hey, I, I don't know. Like, I've never done anything crazy. You guys are making me feel like I need to live a little more. <laughs> no, no worries. We just no, we my next just crush. Curious. I'm gonna. We are just curious. I'm gonna go out. <laughs> All right, and when you do, you let us. know. I'm gonna come back and let you guys know. Yes, we want to. I don't really like dating. Like I'm not like a dater. Like it's like weird. Like I always feel like, oh my god, I should have just met my husband when I was like 21. I always say that. Like I don't like dating. Like I don't know how people date. It's not really my thing. But I need a husband, so I need to date. But you know what it is? I need a referral. And that's the thing. Like, I am very, like, I am not the person that's going to see someone on the first day and be like, oh, my God. Like, I need to, like, be with him. Because I grew up around a lot of men. And, well, boys, like, my brothers. I I was the only girl. So my mindset and what I, you know, the games that I know guys play and how they operate, I'm like, mm-mm, nope. Like, even if you was a crush, you probably got mm, probably weird, I don't know, probably hiding <laughs> something, probably hiding someone. I don't have time for that. So I'm really bad with dating and all of those things because I need a referral. I need you to, I need somebody to tell me what they do, what's their relationship status, what's their child status, their marriage status. Cause you know, you could say to somebody, are you single? They'd be like, yeah, no. Are you single, single? Yes. But does the, does anybody think they're in a relationship with, with you? Like, and only that, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for exactly. that. So for me, I date with referrals. This is such and such. I think you guys would be good together. You guys should talk. That's that's more of what I like my 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 style. Okay, I feel <laughs> that. I feel that. Now, let's say that someone did give you a referral, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that they might want to know: what I love most about myself is. I think I'm a really dope person. Like, I don't do people wrong. I show up for people. I, even when starting my business, like, that's a part of me. That's the part of who I am. So I think that maybe, like, my favorite part of myself. And my hair. You guys see my hair? I so see I mean, like, girl. wear Y'all my hair out. Y'all gotta catch this hair. <laughs> yes. Okay. I, I wear my hair that. out. And I'm, like, very, like, proud of it. But no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I do think... Yeah, just like who I am as a person. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, they go through, you know, oh my God, I don't have friends or I don't have this or this. You know, for me, I've been very blessed to have like my friends since elementary school. And, you know, I'm that person. Like I'm the go-to person. I'm going to show up for everybody. I'm, you know, but it, you know, I I haven't gotten to a point where I feel like drained, but because I enjoy it. Like even when starting my business, 
I would be so busy, but I would still show up to all of my friends, like birthday dinners or, you know, anything that's important to them, because I feel like you don't get those moments back. And some people feel like they get them back and you don't. And so I think for me, that would be it. So sweet. Hmm. I like that. That's real sweet. I'm serious. <laughs> and also, I did notice it. We, we noticed your hair. I was like, okay. Thank so you. Yeah, I'm trying this whole wear my hair out natural thing, but... I actually did my hair for you guys because it was in a ponytail because after like three days, my hair starts puffing up and I'm like, mm, whatever, it goes in a ponytail now. Well, let me just tell so. you, in these pictures that we see, your hair is laid to the gods. So Thank you. <laughs> we have a picture pull- you're welcome. We have a picture pulled up. Okay. This is well, the picture moment. We- <laughs> let me just say, we have some posts of you pulled up. Okay. And what we want you to do is choose a number out of one and three, and then we will give you the big reveal. Three. All right, all right. This is our first time actually showing this type of image. So just wait for it. I'm going to share it on the big screen. And if you can describe for people that are only listening to this podcast episode, Mm -hmm. what we're looking at, and then give us some context behind it. So get ready. Okay. Get ready, get ready. I'm excited. Okay, so this is actually number three right here. Okay, so what we are looking at right now is me in the jacuzzi of my penthouse suite in Jamaica. And what, it was really a celebration. It was a celebration. Tax season was wrapping up. I have the privilege for like the first year to just not be in the office during a tax deadline. And that felt good because for me, that was a, that literally was, it's like a stepping stone that you go through in your business and you start to realize certain things. And I realized like, you know what, I can go away and I can, I don't have to be in my office. Of course, you know, if they needed anything, I'm an email or phone call away, but I didn't need to physically be there for my clients to get service. So it was that. And then I am honestly a lifestyle girl. So you're always going to see me sipping champagne, dressed up, on vacation, going somewhere. You know, that's, that's what I do. And that was also like a part of my marketing strategy when I was thinking about Miss Business and how the heck was I going to make a tax topic interesting. And I did that because I mixed lifestyle with taxes because I understood that, okay, if people understood who I was and the things that I like to do, then possibly they would want to, you know, follow me and talk to me. So. And let me just say that, you know, this segment is, oh, you blatch it, right? Bougie, classy, ratchet. And her caption mm-hmm. just happens to say, because I'm bougie, dot, 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 I just want to call that out real quick. Thank you for indulging us. It wasn't too bad, right? You Thank you for indulging know. us. No, that was fun. I like that. Yes. And the OU mm-hmm. Blatches segment. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get back into those juicy questions you were answering. And one okay. of the things you mentioned earlier that kind of made me go, huh, you talked about December being, ta- or this this Q4 being tax planning season. And we mm-hmm. only usually hear about filing taxes. So before mm-hmm. we ask you about what business owners need to do to you know be prepared for tax season or to be ready to file the taxes, what is tax planning season? What's that? <laughs> yes. So you have tax planning season and you have tax paying season. Okay. So Tax paying season is typically January through April. And so what I want to do for a moment is just shift your your mindset and just your thought process a little bit as you think how you think about taxes. So realistically, everyone owes taxes, right? In some way, shape or form. Even if you're working, you would have owed taxes, but you paid your taxes throughout the year. Right. And so they are withdrawing taxes from you every single time you're you're getting paid. There's a difference when you are an entrepreneur, you're bringing in money. There's no one to say, hey, I'm going to sit this money aside for you now. What happens is that January through April, we call that tax paying season. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, if you are making money, then you would owe During that time, you have to file your taxes. The IRS is requiring that you remit whatever payment you have to them for the money you owe them by April 15th. That's what the April 15th deadline really is, right? So April 15th, 
And I guess I want to give a little bit of context because I feel like I never really talk about this, but we have to really understand what that April 15th deadline is. April 15th deadline is if you owe the IRS, you have until April 15th to pay them their money without incurring any interest and penalties. Okay. So that doesn't mean that you can't file your taxes after April 15th. You can. But if you're getting a refund, of course, they're going to give you a refund. No harm, no foul. It's fine. We owe you money. So that's fine. If you owe the IRS money and you file after April 15th, they are going to penalize you with interest and penalties because they told you that you had to pay them their money by April 15th. Okay, so that's the first thing I wanted to do is just explain that. So now what happens typically if you have a W-2 You're used to filing your taxes January through April, and that's fine, right? Because money has already been set aside for you throughout the entire year. Now, when you're an entrepreneur, that's different. What happens when you're an entrepreneur is you have to start thinking about taxes before the year is over. Because realistically, we file taxes retrospectively. And what that means is January through April, what are we doing? We're filing taxes for the previous year. So if you want to change your facts or change anything, then you need to do that before the year is over. You have to do it before December 31st. And so that's why I say I love Q4 because Q4 is our time to say, listen, where are we from a financial perspective? What do we need to do or what are some things or strategies that we can put in place so that way we can reduce our tax liability? And I always say, Being an employee is getting paid, getting taxed, and then paying your bills after. Being an an entrepreneur is getting your money, paying your bills, and then you pay taxes on what's left. So if you're paying taxes on what's left, then guess what happens? You're able to go in and say, okay, it's October. We have the podcast. We want to take this podcast to the to the next level. We need equipment. Okay, we're profiting $40,000. We could give we can, you know, give the IRS the money, you know, the tax liability that's going to be due based on that 40,000 or we can take that money and go buy equipment that we need for our business anyway. And so, what would you prefer to do? You prefer to take that money and reinvest it back into your business. But guess what? If you don't, if you never think about it, then you don't know. And that's the problem. Most people don't realize how much they're profiting until January after it's too late. And so right now, this is the time where as entrepreneurs, we have to start having the conversation with your CPAs with your accountants. And if they don't do tax planning, then you have to consider another firm because it can't be a situation where you're trying to thrive and you have a business, but you don't have the professional support that you need. You need that professional support. So you have to put yourself in a position to say, hey, is there anything that I can do? But we have to have an understanding on what is needed because a lot of people, everyone wants to save on taxes. That's everyone's number one thing, right? I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes, but you need things in place. Like I said, I don't like bookkeeping, but I integrated bookkeeping in my business because I wasn't going to be able to help people when it came to tax planning, if their books weren't in order. That was a little hint that I dropped before, but that is the number one important thing that most business owners overlook is their bookkeeping. Most entrepreneurs have no idea how much money is coming in and going out. Most know how much money is coming in. Everybody's going to look at how much money is coming in, but most people do not know how much money is going out. When you are able to take a look at how much money is coming in and going out, you're able to do a few things. One, you're able to see how much am I profiting? Do I want to take this money and you know expand in my business and reinvest in my business? Or is it a situation where, you know, there's, you know, I want to invest in real estate or I want to, you know, get a a company car or a company van or, you know, we need some equipment or we need, you know, one year I brought all new computers from my office because I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it. I ordered them computers like December 22nd. I was like, well, 
I I need computers. We needed computers. So what am I going to do? Wait until January to order the computers? No, I know that we needed computers. So what I did was I went ahead and purchased the computers that I already was going to purchase. But the thing about tax planning is you have to be prepared. And so as I mentioned, there's a few in terms of strategies, there's a few different things that we think about when we're thinking about tax planning. So we're thinking about, you know, your structure. Is that right? We're thinking about, are there any assets that you need to buy? Are there any vehicles that you need to buy? Any retirement plans that you need to invest in? Any consultants that you, you know, any business expenses, right? That you are already going to pay for, but you may want to accelerate that. These are the things that we are thinking about because if it's a situation where you're going to spend the money and give the money, you know, in taxes, why, why would you do that? Because I'm sure as a small business owner, you need all the money that, you know, you can get. And so you have to report, you're required to report all of your income. So if you're required to report all of your income, you have to make sure that, you know, all of your expenses are being captured. And so a lot of people don't take their bookkeeping serious enough. And it tells so many stories. You don't know how much things I've been able to analyze. Like even when I do my financial projections in my business, I go back based on my bookkeeping. I look at it. I break it down month by month, product by product. What's doing good? What's not doing good? And I break it down and I'm able to do that because my bookkeeping is in order, you know? So I think that most people have to really understand what tax planning is and it is a shift. And that's why when I started, you know, talking about taxes in general, I was like, oh my God, like when you're in corporate, they're talking about taxes all year round. Like, you know, but, but in, as a small business owner, you're only thinking about it January through April because you know it's a requirement and something that you have to do. One last thing I wanted to talk about as it relates to tax planning is, you know, different different times in how you can approach approach tax planning. So for me, as I mentioned earlier, I have an entity audit that my firm completes for clients where we do a full on analysis to have an understanding of where you are how much taxes you're paying, let's just say hypothetically as an LLC, I'll say, okay, well, as an LLC, you are paying $20,000 in taxes. What I can do, and well, not what I can do, what we do as a firm is we're able to say, okay, well, if you were an escort, right? Because a lot of times we hear, oh, you should be an escort, but it's like, what does that really mean to me? What does that mean to me from a monetary perspective? So in terms of, okay, if you're an escort, okay, if you're an escort, this is how much money you would save. If you want to be a C-Corp, this is how much money you're going to save. And that service alone is going to benefit so many small business owners because the reality is so many people are overpaying, but they, they may have the information and they may hear it, but to actually see it on paper and to say, okay, well, if you did this you know, different entity structure, then you would be able to save $10,000 a year. Okay. Now if you took that $10,000 that you're able to save and you took it and you invested it, I mean, you invested in like a retirement plan, then guess what? Now it's a situation where you're able not only to build wealth, just simply off of you just operating the way that you're supposed to operate, you know? And so that's where I was like, you know what? It can be a situation where I can't service clients that make under that $50,000 because, you know, tax planning is costly and it is, you know, services and things that you need to do. So I'm like, what's, you know, a, a lower level of service that I can provide to clients, but again, again, always thinking, how can I serve, right? What's that service that I can provide that will still have an impact and still help them? You know, because if not, then I can't just say, hey, yeah, you know, tax planning is not for you. No, because at some point, some way, shape or form, you're overpaying in taxes. So we need to have a conversation. Now, tax planning, that is a little bit deeper. That's a lot deeper analysis where we are considering a bunch of different things. We're going to consider, of course, your entity's type, but we are also going to, you know, I have some clients that explore certain insurances, products like my clients last year, my clients at EYL, they purchased a Sprinter last year. 
I, they did a video about it and I, I did a remix to it. And yeah, they literally tax time, you know, this time came, they were like, you know, what? we want a sprinter. So because of that, it was like, you know what, let's do, you know, let's do that. And so it is a situation where we look at so many different factors, right? Do you, is it time for you to hire more people? Do you, you know, from a retirement perspective, a lot of clients do that as a retirement. They may decide to give additional bonuses. They may decide to contribute more to their staff's retirement account, to their retirement account, create a retirement account. There's so many different nuances and things that goes into it, but it all just it's all the work to just say, listen, how can I save on taxes? Right. And it's most people think that, you know, especially with social media that it's just write off happy. Oh, just write it off. Just write off. No, it takes strategy. Once you get to a certain level, it takes strategy. And if we just start reshaping our mind and our conversations, then we'll be able to, you know, just be acclimated to these conversations and just have an understanding of what we should expect out of an accounting firm that we're working with versus just going to sit down and being like, Hey, yeah, this is my income. This is my expenses. It's way deeper than that. It's way, way deeper than that. This is amazing. And Dom is yes. going to ask one last question, but I just wanted to give you my wallet so you can take all my money. So I'm just going <laughs> to pass it to you through the, through the Zoom. <laughs> no, my mind oh, is right. blown over here. And I, I'm pulling up the slides right. for the presentation. Oh, okay, Dom. I, I'm just, I'm going with it. Yeah, this is, this is so much game. And I'm like, oh yeah, we got questions for, our, for these accountants out here. Final question, Ms. Mm-hmm. Business. What's the best piece of advice you have for someone who's listening right now and they, they've been listening and they are like, damn, damn, damn. I have not been running my business and my taxes in the right, getting my taxes right. What's the best piece of advice for them? So my best piece of advice for anyone listening is one, there's, there's going to be a few things, right? Because there's a few different things in order for you to, you know, get to that end goal. But my first piece of advice would be to hire the right people. Don't try to do everything yourself. Hire the experts so that way you can be the CEO. So the slogan in my business is that my clients shouldn't have to be the CEO. They don't have to be the CEO and the accountant in their business. Because the reality is where you put your energy, that's where it's going to flow. So I will highly encourage everyone to hire a CPA, hire an accountant, hire someone that is going to help you. Another thing is focus on your bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is very important. I'm almost thinking about making it a requirement to become a client at Brooks Alliance going forward. Just more of a push to just make sure that people have these things because I almost feel like I can't really call it my mission that I want to help business owners and you know help them save on taxes and grow their business and because it all starts to play hand in hand when your books are in order when your taxes are filed you're now able to qualify for loans and have investors and different things like that but when those things aren't in order and people are like let me see the numbers and you don't have any numbers it's just slowing down your process you know what i mean so make sure that you are implementing bookkeeping and you don't have to have a bookkeeper, right? You don't have to, you can do it yourself. I'm not saying that it's easy and it is tedious, but I also do understand like a bookkeeper is like one of those expenses that I'm always like, okay, you can't really compromise on the person that's doing your taxes. But in regards to a bookkeeper, you may be able to take that task on by yourself, at least in the beginning. So like I work with clients and they, you know, hire us for bookkeeping services, but I also have clients that are like, listen, I can't afford that right now. And that's totally fine. Get QuickBooks. We use QuickBooks with our, you know, with our clients. And I even have an offer. If you go on my website, MissBusiness101.com, you'll see that there's an offer there for QuickBooks subscription only. I'm able to offer it at a lower rate than if people were to go directly through QuickBooks. And all of these things, again, figuring out consistently how to serve. Okay. You're not ready for a bookkeeper. How else can I help you? So 
having your books is very, very important. Filing your taxes. Do not get caught up in the the write-off happy, you know, phase and, you know, posts and all of those things. Because at the end of the day, you have to report all of your income. You have to, you know, report all of report all of your expenses. And then once you figure out during this tax planning season what exactly is left, then you make your moves, you know? And so I just think that it's important to just be financially strong. If you don't get it, you have to get it. You have to hire somebody that's going to help you get it. It's not an excuse for you to just be like, I, you know, I'm never going to pay my finances any attention. That's irresponsible. You, how do you build something? And then, you know, you like one of the most important things, you don't know anything about it. And you don't have to know everything about it, but you have to hire the right people to help you. And my last piece of advice, honestly, which isn't really related to my industry per se, but I want more entrepreneurs to start thinking about their health insurance, to start thinking about their life insurance, because everyone gets into a phase where they're like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. But then they forget you were making 90000 at your, your job, but you're not considering the the tax, the additional taxes that has to be paid. You're not considering the health insurance that was paid on your behalf. You're not considering the retirement contribute contribution as well as the matching. And so a lot of people, even if you're making ninety thousand, realistically your employer is probably paying out a hundred and thirty just to have you there you know, or more. And so you have to think about those things when you are saying, you know what, I'm going to leave this job or this is what I'm going to do. And all of those things, both of those things that I just mentioned are tax deductions, right? They are tax deductions. So that's like a strategy that I'm like very quick with, with my, with all of my clients where it's like, you have retirement set up. Okay. Let's get your retirement set up. Because to me, I feel like I'm afraid for us in the next 30 years because we have a ton of people that just want to be entrepreneurs and they just want to make money and that's fine, but no one's thinking about the future and nothing lasts forever. So we have to think about those things. So that would be my last piece of advice. Miss Business, we appreciate you so much. You are you are the GOAT. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. After the long day, you are so welcome. The long day you had, you came in here and you poured and served, as you said, to our community mm-hmm. and us. And we just really appreciate you, what you do for our community and just what you represent. And just kudos to you. Thank we, you. Yes, this is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank can you, you let our listeners know where can they find you? Where can they support you? Where can they give you? You their wallets like ready to do where can they where can they do these things? Please. Yes, so you all can follow me, Miss so Miss M S dot business one oh one on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. My main platform is Instagram. I'm trying to get into TikTok, so I'm going that's like a goal of mine this month. So I'm about to start, you know, getting my little TikTok on over there. But make sure that you guys follow me. If you want to schedule an appointment, you can just click the link in my bio to schedule an appointment. I have an amazing team and they will definitely assist you and help you. And most my entire team has been with me from the beginning. So we are here ready to serve you, ready to just, you know, help you in any way that we can. I also have two books. One book is 300 plus tax deductions. And I wrote that book for all the people who consistently ask me, what can I write off? And then the tax playbook is my second book and my actually newly released book. And that book is to help business owners navigate taxes. What do you need to do? Who do you need to hire? What what conversations do you need to have? What's some tax planning things that you need to consider? All of those things. So that tax playbook is amazing. It also starts off with some principles. And my favorite principle, which I feel like all entrepreneurs should implement, is that coaches never get in the game. So I correlated it to football. So that was like a big thing for me because I had to like really sit down and do research. But I felt that there were a lot of correlations between football and entrepreneurship. And so that's what I did in the first chapter of that book, where I correlated it to football. And one of my favorite principles was that the coach never gets in the game. 
And that need a lot of entrepreneurs need to take that into consideration because we're always so quick to be like, I'll do it, move out the way, I'll do it. But you're never gonna see a coach take off their take off their shirt and put on another person, you know, the linebacker jersey and now try to do their role. It's never going to happen. You know, so that's my book. I am going to be hosting a good amount of webinars and doing a bunch of different things before the year is over because I do have a big push to make sure that as many people are helped as it relates to financial, I mean, and to tax planning and so, and bookkeeping and all of those things. So I have a ton of things going on. So make sure that you guys, you know, Follow me, click the link in my bio, schedule an appointment, sign up to my email list. There's also my text list. So that way you guys do not miss any communication. And we'll make sure to add those links and the text yes. all in the show notes, ladies. So make sure oh, you take perfect. a look at that. Thank you. Yes. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. I attract abundance and prosperity with ease.